Welcome to The Truth Simply Put, the teaching broadcast vehicle of the Basilea Commission. On today's teaching by Alexander Victor, God's Word, rightly divided in the light of Christ, who is the central theme of the entire scriptures, will come with simplicity, precision, clarity, and power to instruct, admonish, edify, and build you up into the full measure of the stature of Christ. Now, let's dive straight in. Um, so we sang that song, No One Like, you, like Jesus, right? And I was telling them at the MTF desk, uh, blessed are you if you hang around me a lot. Uh, Whether you want to be preached at, whether you want to be taught, (laughs) whether you want to be discipled, whether I will talk to you. Um, And that's why, I mean, by the side, you must also appreciate the blessing of proximity. It's a blessing. It's not your right. It's a blessing. To hang around grace gifts that God gives you. The primary reason why God gives you a grace gift is to grow you with every interaction that you have. Every single one. So you must learn how to maximize seasons. You know how people say to me that, oh, you know that church where there's a lot of young people. I'm not called to young people. The gospel is not for young people at the expense of old people. It's the gospel. You know, but then again, because we're in a marathon and not a sprint, young people will not always remain young people. So my joy is that you're 20 now, you'll be 30 in 10 years. When you're no longer young, you will remember. The scripture says, train up a child in the way that he should grow. And when he's grown, he will not depart from it. So if you depart from it, you were not trained well. You're not, you're not trained. If you're trained well, Wherever you go, when you grow, you will not depart from it. How much more when you have not even grown and you depart? First John 2 says in 19, they went out from us that it might be made known that they were not of us. For if they were with us, no doubt, scripture says, they would have continued with us. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they may be made known or made manifest that none of them who went out were of us. It's a scripture that keeps me grounded. A lot of times when stuff is happening around me, they went out of us that it might be made known that they are not of us. Because if this is the fountain that feeds you, you don't mess with it. You don't. You don't. It it would influence every single decision you make. You look at every single decision you make in the light of the fountain that feeds you. So if you can make independent decisions, and I've told you, we're not saved to be independent. We're saved to be interdependent. So by the time you start feeling like stuff is working well for you, you don't need the church anymore. You start to isolate yourself. The devil has set you up. And great will be your fall. It's not a prophecy. It's just a fact. Because you start to feel like you don't need what you needed before. You're not as broke as you used to be before. You're not as needy as you used to be. So you don't need the connections that you disguised yourself to think you needed. That's what happens in church. When we're not fully church conscious. You know, we, we commit to the degree of our need. And we disengage to the degree of our supply. 
That's religion. That's black African religion. It needs based religion. When you are in need and you have nothing going for you, you connect and you, and the moment things start to fall in place, you, you don't see the need to keep up appearances. So you start to disengage and manifest your real self. But if, if you have proximity to grace gifts, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Paul said of Timothy to the Corinthian church, he said, when, when, when Timothy came to you, did he not come to you in the same spirit as me? So if you're hanging around me, if you're not learning, then you're dull of hearing. Because I'm constantly teaching. That's how you start to feel like the frog that doesn't know that the temperature of the water is rising. By the time you realize it's too late, you've been sucked back into where you thought you had come out of. That's why the scripture says you must fight the good fight of faith. It's not you against enemies in your village. It's you contending for doctrine you have received. And standing against anything and anyone that comes against it. Anybody that punctures where you drink and receive sound doctrine is your enemy. It doesn't matter. Somebody cannot mean better for you than where God feeds you. It receives sense. <laughs> Nobody can mean better for you than the fountain that God feeds you from. So when they disconnect you from where God feeds you, how shall they sustain you? Because you see, what you get sitting under the company of the saints and sitting under sound doctrine, no amount of money can pay for it. The busier you get, the more, the more lack of fulfillment envelops you. The more you realize, you know what, the, the more I'm acquiring, the busier I'm, I'm becoming, the emptier I feel. Because God designed a vacuum that only Jesus can feel. <laughs> Are you listening to me? God designed a vacuum that only Jesus can feel. So when somebody disconnects you from your God's fountain and God's source, they can't sustain you. And you have cheated yourself. They can't help you. Somebody says, leave that church. Can the person tell you to leave? Can the person pastor you? Oh, don't mind them. I'll look after you. Let's see how long it lasts. Especially guys telling girls. Never lasts. Oh, I got you. He's in his mother's house. The man tells another guy, I got you. I'll look after you. <laughs> he tells you, don't, don't, don't worry about them. I'll look, I'll look after you. He's in nappies. I look after you. No, don't let anyone shift you. Yes. And if you have been blessed with the gift of proximity, value it. Yes, sir. Glean from it. Squeeze it for every juice it has. Because God is always speaking. Yes, I said all that to say that. So I'm, I'm there at the back and you see us laughing and cracking jokes. Serious discipleship is going on wherever I stand. Yes, if I stand here, whoever, blessed are you if you stand next to me. Yes, if I sit here, blessed are you if you sit next to me. I'm constantly speaking. And so when we finish singing... No one like you. There's no one besides you. No one above you. Nobody like our God. There's no one like Jesus. I looked at them with a snare in my face. And I said, do you realize that this no one like Jesus is temporal? I 
you realize? So, so I told them, I told MTF, I said, so, let him enjoy it now while it lasts. And watch his back. Because we are coming. problem no one like you no pro- enjoy it sir this is going, only going to last for a very short while first john 3 and 2 says i'm not preaching yet first john 3 to look at this in your bible now we are children of god now none and you end in the greek we are children of god and it had not yet been revealed what we shall be Look at this. But we know. Somebody say we know. know. That when he is revealed. The word like is the word homoios in the Greek. H-O-M-O-I-S. Homoios. And it means of equal rank with. It's not inferior to. It means having a semblance. Being similar. Having equal rank. In identity, appearance and authority. And Google it if you have your phones open. First John 3 2. When he opens in Bible Hub, hit the leg ever and just see the word homoios. It's not, that's why I said worship Jesus carefully. Yes. Because he is who you're becoming. Yes. So nobody like you, nobody like you. As you're saying that, you're looking at him and I say, Sure, you know. Because we're coming for you. We're coming for you. And unfortunately, there's nothing he can do about it. Because we have the spirit of him. And our inside guarantees guarantee that we will see him. And when we see him, we shall be as. Who has seen it? Homo eos. Same quality. Exact same. Equal ranking with the song. That's God's plan. Hallelujah. That's God's plan and therefore that's the ultimate victory. Don't despise honor of grace gifts. Church is a very, very perplexing place. Two people sit under the same grace. Somebody draws from it. The next person is wondering what is going on. Who is he? Is, is, Is it this person? A woman had spent all her fortunes on doctors. That in, that suggests that she was a woman of means. That's nomenclature, biblical nomenclature. When you read something, don't just run past it. It says that she spent all she had on doctors. That means she had. Do you know what it means to bleed every day? And you, have, you know, blood is life. So there's no how blood is leaving you and you, you think you can stay alive. And somebody goes through that for 12 years. 12 years. It wasn't called a flow. It wasn't called, it was called an issue. It became an issue. An issue of blood. It's a hyper hemorrhage. On a whole other level. And then she hears that Jesus is passing by. At the same time as negotiations were going on for how Jesus would go to Jairus' house to attend to his daughter that was sick, not dead. 
She was only sick. But you know Jesus being brother nice guy. That's where I learned from. Yeah, he's my brother. I left. He won't say no. He won't despise you. He won't. The Jesus I'm imitating will say no one condemns you. Neither do I. The Jesus I'm imitating will know that this person is the prostitute in the city. And will let her anoint his feet. And wipe his feet with her hair. And he's not thinking about the integrity of his ministry. He's not thinking about the integrity of his ministry. How they will look at him as a rabbi after the prostitute. Not a prostitute. The particular notorious prostitute. How, how, how does it appear seeing Jesus with the prostitute? The Jesus I'm imitating is the one who, it says, Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast seven demons. And yet Luke 8 will say she traveled with him everywhere and ministered to him. Who is traveling with Jesus from Calabar to Meduguri? Mary Magdalene. Yes, Salome, Chusa's wife, chief of staff of Herod, the other Marys, and other women who traveled to minister to him. So Jesus is traveling and in his company, there's plenty of women. That's my senior brother. So she's there. Jesus being brother, nice guy, is going to Jairus' house to just pray over his sick daughter. Because Jairus is an important man. Yeah. And while all the hulabalu is going on, she comes and touches his talith. The edge of the garment he's wearing as a grown adult male. There's nothing special about what Jesus was wearing. So when they bring something for you from Israel and say this is Israel material, there's nothing special about it. A talith was a woven fabric that every adult male Jew wore. That's how we know those who had graduated from the school of the law and had been winged and had been adopted. You remember the Jewish concept of adoption? Yeah. You've been named, you've been adopted, you've come into your own, so you were a talith. You know. and, and she looks and she says, if only I may, but touch. The helm is actually correctly rendered the strand on the edge of the garment. A helm suggests it was sewn and turned over. Yeah? Like maybe your shorts or, or your skirt. Yeah, that's a helm. But the talit has strands of thread, loose cotton thread hanging on the bottom. I said, if I can just touch that strand. I will be made whole. Jairus is trying to get Jesus to go to his house. Jesus is being thronged by the crowd. A woman who is unclean by the law of Moses. Knows that she doesn't stand a chance except she's as inconspicuous as possible. There is a smell accompanied with the discharge of blood over time. There's clotting that's happening. There's all that stuff. And she navigates her way through with all those limitations. And she touches a strand because that's all she had the time to do. It would have happened in a flash. And instantly, the issue of blood dried up. And Jesus says, somebody touched me. 
not somebody touched my dress. So you must understand that the woman with the issue of blood didn't get her healing from fabrics. She did not get her healing from material. Jesus said, somebody touched me. Peter, you know Peter. Quick temper, older than Jesus, more experienced than Jesus. Believing it is his personal ministry to teach the naive Jesus all the things he does not know. That was Peter's personal ministry. So Peter was always lined up to educate Jesus. Always. Jesus, let me tell you something. I know you have said you want to die and resurrect, but your ministry is just starting. You just turned 33. 33. Calm down. I've been around, I know these things. Don't be talking of dying now. Who do the men say the son of man? It's Peter. Some say you are. Some Peter knew the information from everybody. Some say you are. Some say. Don't be talking like that. Jesus had to look at Peter and say, get behind me, Satan. Satan. It was always Peter's assignment to instruct Jesus. So here's Peter coming. I say, you see, you have have come again. You see all of us here pressing and touching you. And I can bet you at the point, Peter was like, he's not touching you like this. All of us of us are touching. Say, who touched you? All of us are touching you. That's what Peter said. Put the verse up. You are in the middle of a crowd. Everybody's touching you and you're saying, look at it. Master, please put it in the TPT because people think I'm exaggerating. TPT. Jesus suddenly stopped and said, someone touched me. Who is it? Well, they all denied it. Peter pointed out. Master, everyone is Everyone's touching you. And you are saying somebody touched you. Can you hear yourself? That's Peter to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said, "Uh uh-uh, this is different. For I perceive, he said, virtue went out again. Virtue went out of me. Not the helm of my garment. For I perceive virtue. This translation says, I perceive power. The ability to heal, do not mean, went out of me. Because somebody touched me. So when she touched, it wasn't garment she touched. It was faith in whom? You know how Peter says in Acts chapter 1, in Acts chapter, no, Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 3, he says, And his name. Through faith in his name. Has made this one whole. The name. But not just the name. The name. Through the faith. I repose in the name. Has made this one whole. Before whom you now stand. So when she touched him. It wasn't garment. It was faith she released. In who she was touching. But the point I'm trying to make is in that same instant that she touched him and received healing, in the same instant as power left Jesus, Jairus' daughter died. Think about the connection. It's as though somebody short-circuited the transformer. Yeah. 
And someone just drew power. And for a flash, virtue left me. Oh, don't bother coming anymore. The girl you're going to pray for who is sick is now dead. Virtue left. Power left him. Power left him. Power left. She drew such power that it, it shut down the power grid for a moment in the son of man. Do you understand what I'm saying? So he, Power left him. She didn't take off his power. She drew every power that was Jesus. She didn't come for some of what he had. She didn't come for a majority of what he had. She took everything. Because it was her moment. And she didn't give a toss at that point about Jairus' daughter. You will find power somewhere else and deal with that issue been here for 12 years and nothing going to take this away from you. Yes, now picture that somebody touched the hem of his garment. Jesus said they touched him. Then people are touching Jesus. Pushing and pulling Jesus and nothing is happening. I'll teach on it someday. How to leverage the power of proximity. Everything God will do in your life, he will use a man you honor. Everything God will do in your life, will use a man you. So if you dishonor the men God gives you, you have set up yourself to not partake of what God wants to do in your life. Human beings are God's agencies in the earth. Human beings are God's agencies for functioning in the earth. So everybody's pushing and touching. Everyone is like, it's Jesus now. But somebody touches, not even him. And he says, somebody touch me. Virtue left. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And then the woman comes quivering. But healed. <laughs> she comes shaking, but whole. <laughs> she comes afraid, but perfected. She comes unsure of his response, but certain that her issues are sorted. Uh, she comes cautiously and carefully not knowing what he's going to say or do but she's not in any doubt that what was plaguing her was over yes, sir. Yes, sir. so she wasn't coming for him to perfect what she had received she, she was just not sure how he would take kindly or not to the fact that she took his power, took his power. and everyone is standing there and wondering this same Jesus that we touch and hug and pull and push. Same Jesus. John 1 11, he came to his own. His own received him not. But as many, verse 12, as received him, to them he gave exousia. Right authority. As many as received him. Not to those to whom he came. So not everyone he came to will receive the right to become. He came to all, but only those who receive him, he gave. A gift given must be received. As such and honored. 
I don't know who this was for, but I'm sure it was for someone. Yes, <laughs> Honor the grace gift. Don't, don't mind what anybody says. Yes, there are some things you will not receive in the absence of honor. The, the day you get to the point where you can no longer honor the greatest gift of God upon your life, pack your bags and say, you know what, I've had a good time here and go. I wrote a while ago that church is like a hospital. You know, not everyone who comes to the hospital will stay after they are healed. And sometimes people come to church broken, shattered, battered. And they think they found their family. They say they found their family, but they were just in hospital. And the moment they start, how you know that a sheep is yours is in how they treat you when they are whole. Because every patient will behave when they need the doctor. But the moment they start to be okay, the moment they can now pray in the spirit and share the gospel, they're not feeling the pain of their past anymore. They know that they are not condemned. Their attitude towards you will change. Then you now send follow-up department trying to force somebody to stay who you should actually encourage to go. The only thing worse than that person going is the person staying. Because they came through, they didn't come to join you. They just didn't know that they didn't come to join you. But because they were receiving medication, treatment, food, clothing, help, they kind of thought, ah, I found my home. How you know you found your home is in how you honor your home when you are whole. How you treat your family when you don't need them. That's how you know who your real family is. And a lot of people came to hospital and stayed. That's the problem of church. You came when you needed a word. And that word was in Pav's mouth. And you come, I love you, Pav. You are God sent to me. And then you heal. And you're strong. And you're gone. And it's fine. If you stay, it's because you took up a job to serve in the place that healed you. So at the time you decide to stay, you're not staying as a patient. We're not treating you as a patient. You are staying to take responsibility to ensure... That the healing that came to you can through you go to others. That should be what keeps people in church. Not bullying them and battering them and insisting that they come back. I've said over and over, nobody who has seen Jesus needs follow up. If you have seen Jesus, you don't need follow up. No, you don't, a man should follow you up to stay with Jesus. No, it's not Jesus you saw, it's a pastor. It's the pastor's suit. Or the beautiful welcome basket. You know this nice souvenir they give you like, ah, this church set. I will go there next Sunday for the first time. 
And you'll be like, no, what's in the bag? You say, meat pie. They say, me, I know they eat meat pie. Follow Gona, just collect them. Uh, pot it. So people start to dilly dally and oscillate. It's because you are now healed. And you don't want to discharge yourself. You're not asking yourself, what are you doing here? So all of a sudden, you don't fit anymore. But you fit well just before now. All of a sudden, you don't fit anymore. The answer is simple. You are whole and you're not a volunteer. But you're still here. Because if you're here, you're determined. Many missionaries that came to Calabar, for instance, did not intend to stay. Hope Wardle, Goldie, and all the other guys that came. You know, Mary Slessor went and came back, mobilized stuff in Scotland, and came back and never returned. Wrote her family a letter and said she has found her destiny. And discharged herself from the mission in Scotland and came back and stayed here till she died. Most missionaries that came didn't intend to stay. But then they saw what the love of God was doing and decided, no, God, you're going to have to do this through me. Let them get what I've received. That's the heart of a missionary, driven by zeal to preach the gospel. And they stayed. And so so the Lord ministers to you and works through you, and then you realize, whoa, I want to be part of this. And then you stay and become a part of it. You stay and become a conduit. Not stay and forget how you were when you came and what the Lord did and who the Lord used to do it. A blessing of proximity. Don't abuse it. So when I look at you and rattle you and straighten you, it's because we see in you what you, even you haven't seen in yourself. And please don't deceive yourself to think that because you are all that now, you are where you need to be. Deceive yourself. Don't, don't deceive yourself. Everyone's calling your name now. Everyone's saying you are nice, you are sweet, you are pretty. You're pretty, you're beautiful, you're good at what you're doing. And you think that. Forget the former things. There's more. So don't, don't despise process. Everyone is, when everyone is touching Jesus, touch him. You know what I mean? Everyone's touching him. You go past everybody's touch. Touch him. Keep your eyes on him, keep your hands on him. Never let it go. So encourage yourself. I don't know who this was for. <laughs> encourage yourself. Leverage the blessing of proximity. You know, honor is service. You can't honor and not serve. Honor is not being a fan. Because you know what a fan is? A fanatic. Fan is a short form of a fanatic. And a fanatic is a lunatic for a moment. <laughs> a fanatic is nothing more than a lunatic for a moment. So when it goes and they're, and they're walking in those moments of delusion, they will turn on you. It's only fans that turn on the people that they adore when they don't meet up their expectations. But in the kingdom, we're disciples, we're not fans. And disciples are in season and out of season. I came up to, to say this to let you know that 
That whole no one like you is temporal business. Mm. Mm. So whenever you sing these songs, let there be hope in your heart. Yes, look at, look, sing these songs, look at Jesus, then use one eye and look at him. Do you understand? So you're looking at him. But as you're looking at him, you're eyeing him. And no one like you, no one like you, right? <laughs> no, no one like you. You ought to give him praise. Yeah. Don't think that I'm coming to dampen your joy and kill your spirit because I don't know what's going on. No, 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 I know what's going on. Are you hearing me? Yeah, I know what's going on. So you must be careful not to get caught up in familiarity. Once you commonize the move of the spirit, you will. So you can dance all that, move left, move right, and then it's time for the word. Suddenly you remember that you're not feeling well yesterday. And you think it's normal. No, you have been compromised. And you must fight it with everything that is in you. If you truly are a son of God, and the measure of your sonship is the measure to which you don't make excuses when you have the chance to. I repeat, the measure of your sonship is the measure to which you don't make excuses when you have a chance to. When you could have gotten away with an excuse and you came against the opportunity to get away with an excuse. That's how you measure the maturity of your sonship. You didn't hear me? Because as for excuses, there will always be opportunities presented. The devil is smart. The devil never comes to you and says, I'm the devil. Then you will not need discernment to identify his workings. So he will come to you and say, I'm the devil. I'm Satan talking now. Do you read me? Over. It is I, Diabolon. And he'll be like, yeah. I read you, proceed, Diabolon, proceed, over. Like, ah, please hold on. Satan is, Satan is pinging me. <laughs> no. Paul says he comes disguised as an angel of light. His ministers come disguised as ministers of righteousness. Guy's smart. He's smart. So don't, don't trivialize opportunities the devil gives you to make excuses. As soon as you hear your thoughts creating an excuse, cast down every imagination. Bind it. Bring it into obedience to Christ. Or else you are not a son of God. You are just a hyped up Christian. You're just a hyped up Christian. You know, the Christian that feels like, ah, I'm not in religion. Now all things have passed away. Grace, 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 grace is not license for nonsense. Grace doesn't mean I can do anything. So the moment you constantly see yourself in your spiritual walk making excuses, I repeat, you have been compromised. And the best things in God that you need on a regular delivery basis, you will not enjoy. Yeah, you can have righteousness and be frustrated. <laughs> Are you here this evening? You can have salvation, hope of immortality, and you'll be nothing in the earth. You and all the hope of eternal life you have. Because you refuse to appropriate oasis moments. <laughs> you know what an oasis is? 
the service stop if you're traveling or if you watch the movies. You know, you're traveling and from here to the next state is 300 miles. That's about 450 kilometers. And there's no town in between. And you just realize your petrol is almost finished and you miss the last petrol station. If you run out of petrol, you have to call AA. If you have AA membership. Or if in the US, AAA. In the UK, it's AA, AA. You have to call AA. And you are using your call out. So if you're paying insurance for, for roadside assistance a year, let's say you have four call outs on your membership. In other words, they will attend to you on your membership, depending on your membership level, four times a year. Imagine using one call out for them to bring you petrol. When you have major issues like engine, brake, battery failure, but then you miss the service stop. And you realize that's your last service stop until the next town. And you're out of gas. And you call them and it takes them 60 minutes to get to you. You have to wait. They get to you and they say, now where's your money for petrol? Because they're not buying petrol for you. Oh yes. They only have a keg <laughs> that you can give them money to go and buy petrol. So we give them money for the petrol. If a guy has petrol, if he doesn't, he will drive. Go and buy petrol. You're still waiting. Comes back, puts your petrol in the car, you started, you sign, and that's your one call out you have used for being negligent. That is a call out that if your engine knocked, that call out entitles you to be towed to the nearest service station, the nearest garage that is registered to AA. AA will pay up to 500 pounds of the first cost of the repair of that problem. And sometimes, depending on your membership, will give you transport onto your onward destination. But you spend it because you run out of petrol or because you're too careless to check your tires. And we get into problems because we ignored an oasis. You, you saw the service station, but you were on the phone. You thought, nah, I'm on cruise control. And you ignore oasis moments. So when you needed a refreshing, you were not paying attention. Because you thought, now that you're bubbling in the Lord, you're okay. Don't let the enemy deceive you to make you feel like you're not in need of what you are in need of. Don't let the devil deceive you to believe you're not in need of what you are actually in need of. Times of refreshing come upon the people. Paul wrote that in the book of Acts 17, I believe. Times of refreshing will come upon you. So when we gather for believers meetings like this, there are times of refreshing. When I'm speaking over you like this, it's times of refreshing. Despise it at your own peril. Because you and God are now sat in heavenly places. You're foolish. Why will he then demand of you from me? Why is he, why is he wasting my time? Why did he set some in the church as apostles? Why did he set some as pastors? If you can just ask everybody to give account of themselves ministerially, why waste my time and saddle me with burdens that I don't need and burdens that in actual fact I can do without? I think it's fun to think I'm going to answer for you. There's nothing fun about that. And I've not finished answering for myself. Because I will answer for myself. So if you and God are now so, so tight, you know what I mean? You and God are so tight, you know, you have him on speed dial. Everything's cool. You don't need church. 
join the band of people that believe they love God and God loves them but they don't need church and let us wait until the day of the Lord and see how they will answer for not being church conscious how they will answer for not discerning the Lord's body how they answer for think for thinking they are sheep out of the fold because if you are saved you are saved into the church you are saved into the church you are saved if you are saved into Christ you are saved into the church you cannot be saved into the head and not be joined to his body and in that body he has set some he has set some he has set some so we must mind our posture in this house. Yes. We must, we must. Because it's how you can start to feel like, oh, our church is so cool. We, we, there's love in our church. And everybody's saying it. You know, we preach the gospel in our church. You're yeah, yeah, religious. Yeah. In a gospel way. Yes. <laughs> Are you hearing me this afternoon? Yeah. You're religious. Your language just changed. Your etymology just changed. <laughs> but you're religious so you must be mindful of it or else you won't see religion coming it would have taken you over and then you, you all, all it takes is for you to see what something else is doing someone else is doing and realize whoa that's what I'm doing and as a pastor that's how I check myself all the time or else you lose what the gospel is supposed to stand you out in you start to act like everyone and do stuff like everyone how will you receive that moment of oasis when your posture is compromised and in some cases you don't even know? Because you know, in all honesty, it doesn't come from a place of rebellion. It comes from a place of blissful ignorance. <laughs> Not everybody's doing wrong because they woke up and said, today, I will, I will piss off the pastor. No, honestly, no. No, think better of people. Honestly, think better. Not, not, people are not out to get you or to. They are just in blissful ignorance. And that's why I'm teaching you spiritual intelligence. Because if you don't know that a word applies to you, you will miss it. You know, we're talking posture. You think, oh, my own posture is correct. And so you miss it. You drop your guard. It's not what Pop said in March. I got it now in March. So let the other people... I've heard this thing before. Let them, let them get it. And, and Proverbs will say like, a dog returns to his vomit. So a fool returns to his folly. Hearing once is not enough. Otherwise Paul would not say, it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. Hebrews 39. Now to him we say, to establish you by my gospel and the preaching of Christ Jesus. Romans 16, 25. I commend it to God and the word of his grace. Acts 10, 20, 32. That is able to build you up. And give you your inheritance. So if you ignore the building up of the world, there's an inheritance with your name money that you're not coming to. You have to be careful with these things, guys. Paul says, I run not aimlessly as the one fighting against the wind. That's somebody who told you what grace is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I run not aimlessly, not as one beating against the wind. Have my eyes on the prize of the mark of the higher calling, which is mine in Christ Jesus. Says I buffet myself like an athlete. I run for the mark. So don't feel like it doesn't apply to you. Don't do that. 
There's an attitude of restraint that has been cast off. And that's why people are afraid to preach grace. Because you make a mockery of it. But not everyone who is not preaching grace does not know it. Some people are just convinced the church is too crazy to handle it. And things like this tend, tend, tend to want to prove them right. There's not enough reason to withhold the truth from people. But at least logically you can understand why some people are careful. Because just a little liberty. And you cast off restraint. If I don't smile when they say I should smile. If I don't sit where they say I should sit, what will you do to me? And then before you, you're even corrected, you pull up an attitude that makes people afraid to approach you. You are anti-Christ. Anti instead of Christ. See, I know the tricks. You put up an attitude so people are afraid. Should I approach you? Should not approach you. Will you back? Will you bite? Will you hug? And then once we leave you, you grow suit. You grow in your, until it becomes full-blown rebellion. So everybody's doing something, you isolate yourself. We're here singing, you'll be in the corner. Because you're the one that called all of us into ministry of singing. You become anti-Christ. Praying in tongues as you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're walking in rebellion, praying in tongues. Walking in rebellion, praying, I have, I have no other choice but to trust you. Life will show you something. So there's antecedents we have. That when we speak to you, pay attention. Pay attention. I'm not just coming and instructing you. I've gone through mine. When I speak about posture, I know what I'm talking about. When I speak about honor, I know what I'm talking about. So don't let the devil allow you to make excuses. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Once you sense it, fight it. Fight it, fight it, fight it. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Open your mouth. Talk to yourself. Tell yourself, I'm not falling for this. Yes. You know, you know, most times it's not, it's not, you're not cold until you know that you're cold. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, cold, I can't stand it. But if we, you travel abroad tomorrow and land the UK in winter, you will survive. And your survival will prove to you how much of a deep hypocrite you are. Because all of a sudden, the fight to survive in Obodoyibo overseas overshadows the suffering you were suffering to get there. So for the joy that is set before you, you'll endure the cold, despise the shame. I'd rather be cold in the abroad than to be hot in the Africa. point is, you will manufacture a reason to survive that you could not generate for God's word. So I'm not saying you will cold will kill you. Cold will not kill you. It's not that strong. That's the truth. You're the one who is a weakling. Because it's your mind that is cold. Then it feeds that information to your nerves of your brain. And then your nerves of your brain pipes that into your body. That's how it works. That's how it works. That's why you're in this high desert and you're looking for frozen water. 
and you see the Tuaregs, the Arabs, drinking tea. Hot tea. Hot tea. Go, even in North Nigeria. Kano, Kaduna, Meduguri, Sokoto. You come out in the afternoon. The sun is blazing. You are dehydrating. You see the Fulanese, Buzu. You know, you don't even, there's the ethnic Fulanese called the Buzu. You see them with brewing. Have you drank tea that is boiling? Not hot tea. No, not, not, no, 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 no. Boiling the tea, the tea leaves in the kettle is boiling. And he turns it into a small cup, like what they use for spirit. Short. Pours it into the cup from the boiling water and goes. And they are sitting down and they are having a, they're not in a hurry. They're having a conversation over a pot of boiling tea. And they are there with turbans and robes in the sun. Drinking tea that's boiling. You're out there and you're looking for the coldest water possible. Survival is here. Your body knows how to adjust when you give it instructions. This is your body. God is not stupid. He knows what he created. Not stupid. Your posture is important. How you receive is important. How you honor the grace gifts is important. And that's how you take advantage of this little oasis moment. Listen to UTG series 2. Finish listening to it. There's a word on my mouth you need for today. I don't care if you have all the teachings I ever taught. It's a word you need that it, it is today. From my mouth it will come. Today's word will not come from 2018's teaching. But see, you have glorified the power on your phone. You have exalted the power on pot bean. You don't need this one now. You have pot bean teaching. Who taught the one that blessed you? He's right here in front of you. And he's your grace gift. You're not paying attention. You want to go for pot bean. By the time you hit pot bean, you need a word for that day. The day you're going to pot bean to catch up. For that day, you need a fresh word. Why would Paul say, I long to see you? Romans 1.11 I long to see you. That I may impart to you some spiritual gift. That is, verse 12, that our faith will mutually strengthen by the fellowship of you and I. I will give you something when I see you. You too, because I know you are saints in the Lord. You will give me something when you see me. Put it up, 11 and 12. Romans 1, 11 and 12. I long to see that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. Impart to you, pneumaticos. Give you spiritual gift. Charismata. So that you may be established. That is, next verse. That is, that I, Paul, may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith of both you and me. CTPT in verse 12. Now this means that when we come together and are side by side, something wonderful will be released. Yes. 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 <laughs> we can expect to be co-encouraged and So if you don't trust 
my handling of God's word at this point, I can't help you. I can't help you. I will not teach what the word of God cannot expressly corroborate. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I'm too invested in this to be doing it for my own benefit. Because there's no benefit. There's no benefit. Paul says, I, I long to be with you. I, Paul, apostle of Christ Jesus, impart to you spiritual gift. What I'm trying to say by that is that when we see Something will jump from me and enter you. Something will jump from you and enter me. Because things happen when we gather. Romans 1, 2, I'll put it up in the message. Let's see how the message puts it. Is anybody getting this? But don't think I'm not expecting to get something out of these two. Ooh, go back to verse 11. This is juicy. I didn't see that coming. The, the longer this waiting goes on, the deeper the ache. So I want to be there to deliver God's gift in person and watch you grow stronger right before my eyes. Then he goes in the next verse and says, but don't think I'm not expecting to get something out of this too. Look at him. You have as much to give me as I do to you. So when we gather, there's stuff that exchanges. It's life that flows. Those are moments that strengthen you for the, for the week until the next time we gather. So each time we gather, you are excited because something will enter you. A word will be said. That's not on Port B. And you despise that is because you believe that you have notes with past teachings. Because you have a flash drive that has past teachings. So you don't need power when God is speaking. You, if you are growing in grace, you don't need rules. If you're growing in grace, you don't need rules. The moment we give you rules, we have identified you are not growing in grace. And you will affect those that are growing. So we give you rules. Are you here? If you come late, you sit down. You now come, if you came early because of the rule, I don't trust you. You came because of fear of consequence. So there's no responsibility in the absence of the fear of consequence. That's not you being responsible. Why can't you just come? David said I was God when they said to me. Just come. But if you give you a rule and you came because you don't want to flouse the rule, then you really don't want to be here. There's something else that's more important to you than this. And so we don't want you mixing with those of us to whom nothing else is more important. Because for some of us, we're dead to everything else. We're dead to everything else. But if you need rules, uh, you're not growing in grace. Because grace calls you into natural response. Are you listening to me? Grace calls you into what? Natural response. Natural response. You should be glad. If you are receiving, you look like it. If you are not receiving, auntie, you look like it. You know, most times people are so, so foolish to think that they are the only ones that know that they are deceiving themselves. Yeah, because it's not, it's not me you are deceiving. But sometimes you think we are nicely camouflaged. And nobody knows that I'm not here. Nobody knows I'm not here. It's only me that notices that I'm dwindling. 
Because listen, when you are doing glee, you know. 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 You don't need anybody to tell you. You know. You just hope that nobody else has noticed. And that's the height of self-deception. You're thinking no one has noticed. So love has gone cold. You're compromised. And then you are, you are struggling with basic things that you should walk in victory over. Basic things because you ignore oasis moments. Oasis moments. Moments of refreshing. Each believer's meeting is a moment of what? Refreshing. And it's simply wrapped up in your obedience. Just simple obedience. They say to you, lift up your hand and give God praise. And you say, why should I lift up my hand? The moment you are asking about an instruction, you have impeded your ability to benefit from it. I've taught it in this house. Two kinds of blessing. Eulogio that comes from God. That bestows upon you what only God can give you. Then when you see, see that way man diligent, he shall be blessed. If you continue in the perfect law of liberty and continue there in the same, shall be blessed. The word changes from eulogio to makarios, benefits that accrue to you for obeying. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So the blessing, hear me carefully, is free. Yes. Blessings come with the price of your obedience. Yes, the fact that Christ paid for you doesn't mean you will win that contract. Na, 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 na. You will walk in rebellion. You and your sonship, you will lose the contract. You and your sonship, you will spoil the relationship. You and your sonship, you will lose the job. Because that's one of the things that your sonship in Christ Jesus by the blood of Jesus did not fix. It's your attitude. And the blood of Jesus, hear me carefully, did not wash away your attitude. Because the blood did not clean your mind. You must renew your mind. And that's where attitude sits in. Attitude doesn't sit in your spirit. Your spirit is God's spirit. He cannot have an attitude even inside you. <laughs> You're not powerful enough to discolor the spirit of God. issue now it's your mind and that's where attitude resides and that's where the largest rebellion is your mind so once a mind is rebelling it doesn't matter what word we are teaching you won't get it you will just keep personalizing it and making it an affront and an attack You walk around and you come back and join the queue where you left it. So when it came to, you realize, oh, no, 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 no. I'm better than this. Yeah. And every believer has a coming to moment. Yeah. Every believer has that moment. And you just come to. And the moment you come to, that's when you heard the word that you needed to hear for that issue. Church will not stop rolling because we are waiting for it to come to. Yes, yes, sir. Church is bigger than what you are struggling with. Yes, sir. God's body, Jesus' body. Ha. 
is bigger than any vice. You have anger issues. It can't destroy the church. <laughs> you have money issues. It can't destroy the church. Here's what has the propensity to destroy the church where you start tampering with the functioning of the body. Go and study the epistles. See how Paul deals with works of the flesh and how he deals with ministerial rebellion. Two different things. Two different things. To remind you, do you not know that your bodies are put away this thing? Such were you. When it comes to ministerial issues, it doesn't mess about. You can't run out of grace. No, you cannot. Grace cannot finish. Your body can die out in trying to handle grace. You're chasing something. It's your attitude. And because he knows you can't handle plenty, he knows plenty will mess you up and spoil his investment in you. And he loves you too much to let anything separate you from Do you realize that in Romans 8, he didn't just call bad things. He said, even life cannot separate you. Evil life. Evil life. You go high in the Lord. cannot separate you. Go deep. Be very deep like a whale. can't separate you. So that's how you God loves you so much and your height, your own height, distraction of, of accomplishment, distraction of attainments, distractions of successes. Your own height can become a problem. He loves you enough to resist you, enough to not lose you. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? I know Pav said, but it's Pav God. That is the problem. If it's God you want to follow, leave the church and go follow God. Choose any God. Even if it's Jehovah. Leave us, follow him. But you see, sir, you cannot follow God without following a man. You can't. You will see him. You will see, you see him in a man. Yes, it's powerful. You look at the scripture. Somebody teaches you something. You look at scripture. Scripture is lining up with what somebody taught you. And then somebody is telling you to question who taught you. But the person that is telling you to question who taught you cannot teach you what the person he's telling you to question taught you. Yes, sir. Are you not crazy to fall for it? Are you not deluded? Okay, I won't follow Pav again. Pav is not God. Let me follow you. Say, no, don't follow me. Follow God. But who will teach me this thing? God. How? In your, you're not hearing philosophy, high sounding nonsense. In your spirit. God way. This is somebody who cannot even pray in tongues. You know those deep academic believers? 
They've not met them. Very deep. Yeah. They believe in them. God is fully in them. He's so much in them. They don't need to worship. So you are so grown. You can't worship. You can't pray in the spirit. You can't gather with sons. I love God. I, I don't do church. That's the height of delusion. You are connected to the head. But you don't. You are not connected to the body. The Spirit of God will teach me how. How did he then set some in the church and teach as teachers? He didn't know what he was doing. So he didn't think that he could teach you directly. When he promised he'll give you teachers after his own heart. When he set these in the church. He didn't realize that he didn't need to. And with many other words, he exhorted them all night. That's what's written of the apostles. So the apostles didn't know. They didn't have lights. So you have a major problem. If you have exalted God to the point where you cannot appreciate God's grace gifts in men. And you sound like, oh, but you're sounding like you are elevating men. I am. Or else double honor doesn't mean double honor. Don't let religion twist you. Treat sacred things as sacred. Don't follow the stupid trend going on out there. Follow the scriptures. Follow the scriptures. Treat sacred things as sacred. Don't treat them as simple. Honor those that labor over you in word and doctrine. Double honor. We hold them in high esteem for their ministry's sake. Some translations say for their work's sake. Some translations say for their labor's sake. We hold them high. If that is not elevation, what is? What is? So you are a worshipping man. What is worship? What is worship? So because you think you bow down to God, you worship him. <laughs> so you can't bow down in honor of a man. Or you same you when you enter a court, you bow down and say, my Lord. God is not offended when you bow and respect the judge and call the judge my Lord. For he's offended when you honor your pastor and identify him as your father in the gospel. Your God is bipolar. And I should take a break from your God until he makes up his mind. So your God allows worship honor, veneration of secular authority but can't stand it when those he created in the image of his son and set in the church for your upgrowing and elevation he can't stand it when they are honored he feels like his worship has been stolen Kai, your God is cheap yet he says give them double honor but he can't stand any form of honor given to them yet he drives them and forces them to labor over you in doctrine 
And he's intimidated when you honor them for their work's sake. But it's what he said. So he gives an instruction, but he reacts adversely when you carry it out. That's because you have thought that worship is bowing down. Worship is, oh, you know, oh, away. <laughs> A-W-E. The essence of grace is that it, it took away fear. fear. Now we can approach God boldly. So worship that is rooted in fear is not worship. And that's why most times when people want you to revere them, they introduce fear. So the average black person, once there is no fear, they don't see the need to honor. If a policeman is trying to flag you down, they don't have a gun. But if when you are coming, the guy puts his AK in the air and discharges one and then tells you, you just stop. So officer, you look like you are having a good day. How's the family? How's church? No matter in the village, you see all right. I just said, let me stop and greet you. Oh, you stopped me. No, no, I already stopped before you were even trying to stop me. No. How can I try? How can I try? How can I try that kind of thing? Am I mad? No, officer, I was trained well. Oh. I'm a law abiding. So, once there's no fear, there's no honor. But that's not the spirit of Christ. Yes, sir. That's not the spirit of Christ. Jesus slept where they slept. Travel as they traveled, yes. ate as they ate, yes. rolled as they rolled. Yes. Same thing. So they oh, are elevating men. That's exactly what I'm doing. Yes. So you can see clearly the one that is God's gift, grace gift to you. Yes. So you can discern yes. and separate them from the rest. Yes. So yes, I'm highlighting the advantage of God's grace gift to you. I am. Paul says, not that I require anything of you, but I desire for Philippians 4, but I desire that fruit will abound to your increase. Yes, sir. Philippians 4. That, that way when God releases a word over us, there's instant and tremendous manifestations. Yes, sir. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds not mine, your account. So you two one day can wake up and stand somewhere and speak and say, I was raised. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can look at you and remember how you were when you came and be proud. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. By the time you believe us, I say, I'm just a cameraman. I'm just a musician. And you're, you're, you're telling people, lower your expectation of me. All I do is just sing. You're telling them, lower your expectation of me. Don't expect light. I, mean, I just attend on Sundays. But we're raising sons. Yes, sir. By training. Yes, sir. So if you resist training, you have no plans to go far. Because in God's love, He will stretch and process you. Yes, sir. So please don't forget that that's the 
defining factor of his house. It's a processing center for the gospel. And then you start to maximize, I repeat, for the final time, Oasis moments. Because there's a health, there's a supply you're not enjoying because you have commonized the sacred. You've commonized the sacred. The word is released and you let it fall to the ground. Somebody picks it. And they run with it. Lives are changing before our very eyes. If anything will transform you, it will be the word, not your new job. Not your new connections. And least of all, not your head. You're not, as, you're not smart enough to birth God's will for your life. You're not smart enough. You are not smart enough. I promise you, you are not smart enough. You are not as skilled as you think you are. You're not skilled enough to secure your future. You're not. You're not. So slow down a little bit. Slow down. Especially if your trust is in material things. If you have reposed your confidence in the things of the flesh. And you are dead into things of the spirit. When that is taken away from you and you've lost your place in here. And I mean in here, in the body of Christ. Because you see that scripture that says, It shall come to pass in the days, in that day, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be exalted among all the other mountains, and many shall run to it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, yes. Shall come to pass in that day. The mountain of the Lord's house shall be exalted. He has to take everything else being abased for that mountain to be exalted. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Most times you think exaltation means that you lift that thing up. No, all other things will come low. Does that make sense? Yeah, all other things will come low. Because the scripture prophesied that the loftiness of men shall cease. and The Lord alone shall be exalted. The loftiness of men shall cease in that day. The intelligence of men will fail. Yes. That's how you know the day of the Lord is upon us. Yes, sir. The loftiness of men shall be bowed low and the haughtiness of men shall be brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. Some trust in chariots. Some in horses. Trust in the name of the Lord our God. Strengthen your loins, O Zion. That's what scripture says. Guard yourself. Thick darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon us and he shall be our glory. So woe is he whose covering in this day is not the Lord. Let's hear that has an ear. Hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. Woe is he in this day whose covering is not the Lord. Woe is he. This is why time to mess with your commitment. This is time to leave kingdom and chase mammon. You go wound There's no better way to put it. This is not the time to take your hands off the plow. Not now. Yes, sir. You're on the threshold of hope becoming reality. Yes, sir. The hope for which we are groaning with birth pangs. The hope that creation is groaning, and not only creation, but we also groan along with creation. That hope. We're on the threshold of the hope. 
transitioning into reality. And that, that signifies the folding up of this age, this eon with all its nonsense. Some things cannot be redeemed until the day is redeemed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Some things cannot be redeemed until the earth is redeemed. What we're seeing now is the evolution of the day that the earth, along with us, will be redeemed. So do not despise the day of the Lord. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do not be lacking in diligence, right? Uh, fervent in spirit, fervent, fervent, fervent. Boil over, boil over, boil over, boil over, boil over, boil over. Boil over with zeal, boil over, spudo. Boil over with zeal actually is translated haste. Diligence, not passion. Zeal in scripture is translated haste, speed, expediency. Boil over with passion. Boil over with zeal. Boil over with spirit. Boil over with determination. Boil over with persuasion. Boil over with your optics seen clearly. Boil over with your attitude dead. Die, no, die, die. Die to the flesh. Boil over with a zero tolerance for distractions, whether they be good or bad. Sometimes you were okay until your prayer was answered. Sometimes you were okay until your needs were met. Sometimes God had you where he wanted you until money entered your hand. And the moment money entered your hand, you began to shift your location. Because it turns out all, all along, even though your confession was in the gospel, your pursuit was in religion. You are okay until you got the job. Pastor, my job. My business. <laughs> Watch that business. Yes. Yes, if the agenda of that business is not in the kingdom, you are losing the business. Yeah. There are businesses in this season God will close. God. Because he wants his son back. Yes. Yes, there are relationships in this season God will shut down. Because he wants his son back. Yes, sir. Son, male or female. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Some of you will suddenly find yourself left out in the cold. So you can make your way back home. Yes, sir. Because you see, this body is not about to lose anyone. Not even for, not even for money. Not even for degrees. <laughs> not even for a new and bigger house. Not even for the things he can give. Not even for the things he has given. Jesus didn't die to give you things that will cause God to lose you. (laughs) Do you hear what I just said? Jesus didn't die to give you things that will make God lose you. So if you are depending on what you think you have going for you. There's one thing God is contending for now. His deposit in you. Full stop. Yes. Yes, sir. Full stop. Your job, education, your relationship, your business. Enjoy it to the degree that it doesn't get in the way of God's deposit. Yes, sir. What's God's deposit? His spirit in you. Preparing you and guaranteeing you for the day of the Lord. Which is coming. All God is contending for now is his deposit in you. And if he needs to rattle you 
until everything shakes off, until that is left, he will. That's because he loves you. So it's not something to scare you. Something to excite you. And if you're wise, something to help you give up what you need to give up before he comes for it. Repent of what you need to repent of before the fire of pruning comes for it. Because that day will test each man's work with fire. First Corinthians 3, 2 Corinthians 3. Each man's work will be tested with fire. <laughs> So no, we see the sun. Yes. Our eyes are on the sun. Yes, sir. We're looking unto Jesus. We're not going to be distracted. Yes. We're not going to be swayed. Amen. Is it Peter that says we are not of them that draw back to perdition? Yes, it's Peter, right? Yes, but to them that believe to the saving of the soul. Yes. <laughs> We're not of them that draw back unto perdition. Yes, if you type perdition, he will come up. <laughs> But we have them that believe until the saving of the soul. Yes. That is the redemption of your bodies. Yes. Yes, sir. That's the season we're in now. We are swimming in, the, in those times. We're not of them. Hebrews 10, 39, not Peter. Hebrews 10, 39. But we're not of those who draw back to perdition. But of those who believe. Hebrews 10, 39. Not of them. So I'm not drawing back. I said I'm not drawing back. I can't speak for you. I said I'm not drawing back. I believe until the saving of my soul. Because nothing else matters. If you hear and you receive this word, pray in the Holy Ghost for a few moments. That's it for today's teaching. We trust it has been worth your time. For more of these messages from our stables, kindly subscribe to our teaching podcast at www.thebasileacommission.podbean.com or via the Podbean app on your mobile device. For inquiries and further information, kindly send us an email to info at thebasileacommission.org or find us on social media with the handles at the truth simply put or at wowthechurch. You can also send us an SMS, call us, or connect with us via WhatsApp on plus 234-70-881-8864. Finally, if you would like to give to support the work that we do, kindly follow the Patreon link in our podcast or contact our office for details. Thank you.